apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Shepard all alone. Shepard breaks a tackle and into the end zone. Sterling Shepard. It's he. Thibodeau got there. Got the ball out. Scooped it and scored. Touchdown Giants. Kiva Thibodeau. Second down five. Jones again. Oh, here he goes. He can see the pylon. Touchdown. Barkley. Looking for a seam. Great cut. Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to John about G-Man Giants football podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Sean Scanlon. What's going on today, Sean? Nothing much. Uh, getting ready to talk some Giants and uh, root for UConn in about an hour or so. Yes, sir. UConn coming up. National championship. Yeah, a little over an hour. And we will talk about that. But well, first, we got to talk about football, and we got to start things off like we always do. Talking about the Giants, Sean. Since the last time you were on here, a lot has changed. Uh, I mean, a lot of big moves. Uh, Paris Campbell. Uh, I mean, Bo- Bobby uh, Okarike, uh Darren Waller being the biggest one. Uh, Zay and I talked a little bit about it. Uh, I-, I think Darren Waller can be that number one guy. I know I mentioned it like Joe has men- mentioned a lot when we had Evan Ingram taking that tight end with that speed, with that ath- athleticism, moving him out to the outside. I'd love to see what Dable can do with that. But uh, there's still a need at wide receiver. Paris Campbell isn't going to do it. Uh, so I think the draft is where the Giants are going to have to go. But h- how do you feel about the 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 Waller addition and all, all, all the additions really? for the Giants so far this offseason. Yeah, with Waller, uh, I love the move. I think that you need to get um, a number one target for Daniel Jones, whether it be, you know, a receiver or a tight end. But I think Waller's right behind Kelsey in terms of pure receiving skills, um, in terms of tight ends. I think he's, he's right there. Um, he's incredible at getting open, uh, great in the open field. You know, he can get open with the best of them. He's super speedy for a big tight end with that frame. 
So I think it's a huge move. Um, obviously, I would like to get, you know, a number one receiver in the draft, which I think eventually we will end up doing. But uh, for now, I think that uh, this is huge for them. They haven't really had this uh, explosive of a group in terms of receivers and tight ends uh, since Daniel Jones has been here, really. So I think he could be that nice security blanket for him, uh, make some big plays downfield. He's been struggling with injuries a little bit the past two years, but I'm not too worried about that. Uh, if he can stay healthy, I think he could definitely be that number one target. And then in terms of the other moves, um, Paris Gamble is a nice addition to the receiving core. He could be a solid, you know, number two or number three. Uh, had a pretty good year last year when he was on the field. First year, he pretty much stayed fully healthy. So I like that. Uh, similar to Darius Slayton, I think, um, could really make some explosive plays and open up that passing game. And then on the defense side of the ball with uh, Bobby Okereke, um, I think that's a huge move. We haven't had a dominant inside linebacker really since, I mean, Antonio Pierce, pretty much. You, you have to go all the way back to then. So I, I think we needed that guy in the middle of the defense. Um, obviously, the defense was pretty solid last year. But uh, to have that guy calling the plays, um, setting everything up, he could stop the run. Uh, you know, if he can help in pass coverage as well, I, I think that's huge. So I like what the Giants are doing so far. Um, the big splash move with Waller was huge. And then a couple nice additional pieces too. Um, supplement with that with the draft. And uh, I think that the Giants are uh, well on their way to, you know, hopefully another postseason berth. And then maybe they can go even farther than, uh, you know, the second round next year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's very, very interesting. I, I, What has been going on, it's exciting to be this excited for the Giants. Like, I mean, besides like the Kenny Galladay, that was the last time we felt this, and look what that turned into. So, granted, I mean, you never know with Waller. I he, he does have a little bit of an injury history, and I mean, with how I don't know, maybe I'm scarred a little bit from Galladay, but uh, yeah, I mean, keep expanding. It's hard not to be, but yeah, uh, and I also, I mean, the Giants still the interior line is not great. The cornerbacks are not great as well. And, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about that as uh, we get closer to the draft. It is April. So, uh, yeah, less than a month away from the draft, and we'll see what happens. That's always exciting. But, uh, all right, let, let's stick in the NFL. Uh, Zay and I were talking about his favorite team, uh, the Jets possibly getting Aaron Rodgers. And uh, the that – spurred this conversation and uh they went on about lamar jackson he turned that whole segment into lamar jackson somehow but uh that does bring up a good question and i want to bounce it off you aaron Rodgers or lamar jackson are the jets right for going after aaron Rodgers? should they have gone after lamar jackson right now if you were a gm of a team and both the both these guys are on the trade block who are you going after Certainly going after Lamar Jackson, um, the guy that's, you know, almost 15 years younger, also an MVP, not as many as Aaron Rodgers, but he's got a longer career than Aaron Rodgers uh, ahead of him. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was contemplating retirement. I don't see him playing more than one or two years uh, if he or ends up playing with the Jets. So I'll go with the younger player. Um, obviously, you know, the injury history the last two years is a little bit concerning, but if you could put him in an offense where, you know, he has to stay in the pocket more, if you actually give him weapons, uh, unlike the Ravens have done his whole tenure there, not giving him any receivers. His best receiver has been Mark Andrews since he's gotten there. So if you can put him with a team that, you know, has a good old line up front, can give him protection where they don't have to depend on him to run so much, um, I think that Lamar definitely would be in a much better place because 
he can succeed as a pocket passer. And then off of that, if he needs to scramble out of the pocket, if you want to do, you know, a limited amount of design runs, I think that could, you know, really help. Obviously, Lamar is one of the best athletes in the NFL. So I think if you put him in a better structure, better offense, we're not running the ball all the time. I think it could definitely benefit Lamar. So I think it would be wise for a team to go out and get Lamar if they can see that happening. Um, I'm really surprised that there hasn't been, you know, more teams inquiring about the Ravens about, um, you know, training for him. It doesn't make sense that an MVP who's only, what, 26 years old, hasn't been getting, um, you know, more buzz about getting traded to another team. So it doesn't really make sense. Um, So I would rather go after Lamar Jackson. But in the Jets case, it's kind of tough because, you know, they already pretty much penciled in Aaron Rodgers. It's not official yet, but then to, you know, if they were to pivot and then try and go after Lamar Jackson, uh, we know how Aaron Rodgers is. He'd probably take that to heart, and I could see him either retiring or, you know, trying to request a trade to another team. So it's kind of a slippery slope for them. So that I think that they're locked in on Aaron Rodgers. But for any other team, like any teams in the NFC South, um, AFC South, pretty much aside from the Jaguars, I have no clue why they're not going after Lamar because that could really turn their franchise around with just uh, one big move. Yeah, and I I think really, it, it I wonder if like Lamar didn't, uh, it that whole injury situation at the end of the year, uh, I wonder if that didn't happen, would Lamar be gone now? Would a deal already have been made? I mean, that's a big what if, but uh, maybe that's deterring some teams, or maybe there is like massively collusion. Because he doesn't have an agent or something. That I mean, I've heard that conspiracy theory getting thrown around. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously here you're gonna go Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he, he's on his last legs, like you mentioned. Uh, granted, Lamar Jackson being that mobile quarterback and already having an injury history, that's always scary. But uh, no, I mean, who, who knows? Aaron Rodgers is only getting older. Uh, he already had a, I mean, granted, it is a step back from a double, from a back-to-back MVP uh, two seasons. He took a significant step back last year. Who's not to say he's not going to continue to regress? But also, I mean, the, these are all still hypotheticals at this point. Because who's not to say the, the Packers feel slighted by the Jets offer and a deal doesn't get done? So, I mean, that's still a possibility for all these teams. So, you never know. Everyone likes to talk about the hot quarterback who's going to be traded. Look at how long we were talking about Russell Wilson before he actually got traded and all that stuff. Look at how long we've been talking about Aaron Rodgers getting traded, and he still hasn't officially been traded yet. So, it should be interesting. You're speechless, Sean? Yeah, uh, you left me speechless. Uh, No, I was muted. But it is super weird that it hasn't happened yet. I mean, uh, it's kind of been in the talks for about a month and a half now, officially announced and, you know, on the Pat McAfee show a couple weeks ago. So it is super weird. I, I, I'm starting to sense that, uh, you know, something might not come up or the uh, agreement might not get done, which is uh, a real bummer for Jets fans. I, I know Zay wouldn't be happy with that, uh, reverting back to Zach Wilson. But it's, it is weird. Um, I, I think something will get done, but it, it definitely um, raises some questions that, you know, to this point, it still hasn't gotten done yet. Yeah, so uh, we will see. I mean, I, I've heard it's because they're just waiting until uh, 
Aaron Rodgers money kicks in, so like right around draft day. Uh, so maybe I I don't know. It, it should be interesting. And uh, I I really hope Lamar Jackson does find a home. Um, Same. Even if it is still in Baltimore, if if they're able to put aside their differences, which it has at times said uh, seem like they're not going to. Now it's kind of leaning. Like they might, uh, might as well. So I, I don't know. I just, he's so fun to watch, and I, I don't want to see him sit out or anything like that. So, uh, but uh, should be interesting. Uh, still an exciting off season, and then also the draft coming up as well. A uh, lot going on in the NFL, but I mean, even more right now going on in the world of basketball. Got the NBA uh, playoffs coming up. Uh, interesting rule changes, like they're gonna do a mid-season tournament and stuff. Does uh, that should be interesting for the future of basketball? But let's talk about the now of basketball, or I guess uh, in a little less than an hour, the future of basketball, or a little over an hour, like right about an hour. National championship, UConn Huskies, San Diego State. Last time you were on here, Sean, we we're previewing UConn's chances of winning the Big East title. They obviously didn't, but then they turned that around. They've been demolishing teams uh, in this in this tournament. I, I mean, watching the Miami game, uh, every time it got like within single digits, that's like uh, me, me and my buddy had some money on the game. That's when we started getting nervous. Uh, but but it was a a stomping throughout. Uh, San Diego State's going to try and slow it down. Uh, they're defensively, they've been great. Uh, Really a surprise team this tournament, um, but I mean, can they can they guard Sonogo? I mean, he's been playing spectacular. No, I, not at all. It, I, I do also got to say, like everyone's been talking when talking about UConn, Sonogo and Clegane. Uh, Clegane, uh, he he was not good that 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 last game against Miami and like. He, I, I, Miami, inside, I think they, like, UConn should have won by more, I, I think, if he's on there. But it's all Sonogo. I, I don't want to hear, yeah, they got the good big guys, but it's all about Sonogo. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if San Diego State can slow it down, Jordan Hawkins and them don't get hot, I mean, they could steal this game. But, I mean, UConn. They've been the best team all year. And, I mean, this doesn't feel like a UConn national championship, really, though. I mean, every time UConn does, they get high in the tournament. Uh, But they've just been at the top, uh, sniffing around all year long. I mean, everyone's talking about this being the the blue blood, them turning into a blue blood. I I think they've already been with uh, how they've been the past, what, 30 years at this point. So, uh, Sean, uh, obviously you got the bias with being a UConn fan, but how do you see this playing out? It's, it's going to be another dominant uh, game for UConn. They're going to keep on rolling into a national championship. I really haven't been worried uh, since after that Gonzaga game. Uh, I wasn't even really worried going into Miami game because it's just been pure dominance. They play so well um, in every aspect of the game. 
They're a great defensive team. I know everyone has been talking about San Diego State's defense. Um, UConn's defense has been just as dominant in this tournament, um, you know, holding two of the highest scoring teams in the, the whole country in Gonzaga and Miami um, to, you know, 50 points, under 60 points, which is really impressive. Uh, like you said, they have shooters everywhere. They can beat you inside with Sonogo and Klingon. Um, they have some great shooters with Hawkins, Caravan, Calcaterra. Um, they're a great assist team. You know, if they can keep the turnovers down, which they had a little bit, um, one too many against Miami, which is really what kind of kept Miami, not even in the game, but like you said, to the, you know, being able to cut it down to single digits with a couple minutes left. Then cut down the turnovers, um, you know, keeps you in the ball well, you know, rebounding, offensive rebounding like they have been. Uh, I think it's just another easy game for UConn. Uh, they haven't even broken a sweat this whole tournament, really aside from that first half of the first game against Iona um, when they were down at half. Uh, it's been an absolute dominant run. Uh, I don't see that stopping now. Um, obviously, March Madness, you you see a lot of crazy things. So I'm sure it could be a trendy pick for some people to pick San Diego State. But from what I've seen, this is one of the most dominant runs I've ever seen to a national championship. And I think it continues tonight. And like you said, UConn, especially in my eyes, you know, both of us being from Connecticut, they've already been a blue blood, blue blood but uh, this will really solidify it winning their fifth championship in 24 years. Um, they've been dominating the sport for the past two decades. So we'll continue tonight, and uh, UConn will be hoisting that national championship. Yeah, I mean, the, the Blue Blood talk is stupid. I mean, yeah, yeah, we both grew it's, up in yeah. Connecticut. But, I mean, the, in that past, what would you say, 24 years, they've had more cha- more championships than any other Blue Blood, more than Duke, more than uh, UNC, more than Kentucky, like – yeah, and people still consider Indiana and UCLA blue bloods when you know they were good in the sixties and seventies. John Wooden and Bob Knight aren't around anymore. All right, so I'm talking <laughs> about blue bloods with those teams. They haven't been relevant in years. That's that's valid, but I mean, yeah, that that is valid. But uh, should should be interesting. Uh, I I don't know. I like the way San Diego State uh matches up with them. I I, I think it. Just a different de- brand of basketball, but uh, are you, I'm I'm springing this on you. Are you buying or selling this take? If Jordan Hawkins gets hot, he could get into. He can become a top five pick in the NBA draft if he gets hot in this game. Ooh, He's already love- in the lottery. He's already probably going to be a lottery pick, but yeah. uh. Can he sub- – I mean, uh, look at Brandon Miller. I mean, he did not show up. Do you think he could eclipse him as being the, the, the top NCAA prospect in the draft? I don't, I don't think – I don't see it happening. I mean, I love Jordan Hawkins. He's uh, just a tremendous shooter. He's unconscious too. Right when he comes off of the screens, um, he just ready to fire right away. And the reason I don't think he will is because, um, you know, he doesn't – drives to the basket that much. He's kind of just a catch-and-shooter. Um, obviously, he's a pretty good defender, but I would say he's average at best. And then you, he can really get hot and cold at times. Obviously, this whole tournament, he's been on a really good run. But if you saw when they were struggling during the Big East play, you know, in those uh, months, of, months of December and January, there were times where he would, you know, go super cold. Um, so he's a streaky shooter. But I do think he could definitely be a lottery pick. I think he will, too. I think we'll have a big performance tonight. Obviously, you know, shooting is what the NBA is built around nowadays. So I think he could definitely be a big asset to an NBA team. But I, I don't see him, you know, going into that top five. He can maybe sneak into the top ten. 
Um, if some team, you know, takes a chance on him, but I think top five would be kind of lofty. But I would love it. You know, UConn does get a lot of lottery picks, so I definitely wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, should be interesting. Uh, I'm excited. The game's going to tip off here in just under an hour now. So, uh, interesting. Obviously, you're taking UConn. Uh, I'm taking UConn. It, it sucks. I, there's a point. Uh, I, I was going to put money on UConn to win the national championship. It was like, the, I don't know. It was whenever that Bama stuff came out with Brandon Miller and the gun. I was like, okay, UConn's going to win it. I, I was going to do that, but then obviously us being in Connecticut, you can't do that. So I, Alabama, next best. Obviously, that screwed me. But uh, I'm in riding UConn out. I, I was just that my buddies in uh, Massachusetts able to put some bets on UConn, riding them out, get back on top. Yeah, I, I got a, a future on them. I'm in Arizona now, so I, I got a future on them. Um, for that plus twenty one hundred, um, but it was right. Damn. It was right before the tournament, and I only put five bucks on it. I, I should have put more. Um, I'm hey. pretty mad about it, but hey. it's if they win tonight, I get one hundred ten bucks. Um, but if I were to put like twenty or fifty, I'd be uh, maybe going on a nice little vacation after. But uh, <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I, I got them at good odds. Just wish I had more trust in them. But it's all right. We'll get the job done, and I'll have a extra hundred bucks in my pocket. Hell yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, let, let's just stop talking about it and let's go watch it. So that's going to be it for John about the G-Men. I'm Big Jace. That's Sean Scanlon. Big shout out to Chris Soria and Annie Mac Home Mortgage for sponsoring today's episode. And as always, check out CloverCrestMedia.com where you can find and download this podcast and other Great podcasts as well, like Keys to the City, Sports Talks R and J, Throwing Jabs, bunch of great podcasts for you. Go check it out, clovercrestmedia.com. You can also start your own podcast as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll see you next time for more John about the G Men. Peace, everyone. Open Shepherd all alone. Shepherd breaks a tackle. Sterling Shepard. It's he. Thibodeau got there. Got the ball out. Snooked it and scored. Touchdown Giants. Kiva Thibodeau. Second down five. Jones again. Oh, here he goes. He can see the pylon. Touchdown. Barkley looking for a seam. Great cut. Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.